Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 134 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. A ton to get to this week. Rough week on the court for the Knicks. We'll break down the three games this week. The Knicks are actually going to be playing about couple hours after I record this podcast, but we won't be able to touch on it just because of timing with myself, with work, with things of that nature. So Knicks play the Pelicans at the Garden in just a couple of hours after this recording. So we won't be able to touch on that game until next week, but we have three games to break down from the week that was for the Knicks and two of them that are not very pretty, frankly, to say the least um the positive uh we'll get to in a second but uh, i do want to mention later on in the show we'll talk about the latest with the De'Aaron fox situation in sacramento and why it might not be destined that he will be leaving at all frankly let alone to the knicks and where do the knicks go from there as far as upgrading a team that frankly it, it's hard to argue now it needs an upgrade. Obviously, the Knicks have already traded for Cam Reddish. The NBA trade deadline is less than a month away, and the Knicks have still not made a big splash. There's weeks here for them to still do something, but time is of the essence for a Knicks team that currently, at the time of recording, uh, depending the Pelicans' result, sits at a game under 500 and could be at 500 or, or two games under 500, depending on how they do at the Garden against the pelicans on this thursday night so let's start with the with the positives uh from the week and it really was all in atlanta frankly there was no other uh big positives for the knicks this week and um started with a with a really impressive win over a desperate atlanta hawks team that that is really starting to let this slip um in this regular season again we're not in february yet but, uh, and to be fair, Atlanta has won twice uh, since this game uh, where the Knicks were able to go into Atlanta and win. However, um, Atlanta is still six games under 500 and is really struggling to figure things out. And I thought this would be a game the Knicks would struggle in just because of the simple fact that Atlanta needed it desperately. Um, they're in a good home stretch right now where. They, need, they really need to improve their home record, and they have since this game. But I really thought the Knicks could be in trouble because the Knicks had already won in Atlanta this season. But 
to be fair, the Knicks had won two in a row coming into this game, including that convincing win over the Mavericks. And the, the Knicks starters in this game were, were frankly phenomenal. They, they really were tremendous. Uh, Julius Randle was unbelievably good. 24 points, 9 assists. I thought that was the stat of the game from a player perspective. 9 assists from Julius Randle, just one turnover. Knicks are going to win a lot of those games, if that is what it looks like. Mitchell Robinson, one of his better games of the year, 14-13. and 13. And how about Alec Burks, a rebound and two assists shy of a triple-double. 17 points, and he was perfect from the free throw line, 7 of 7. But really, it was R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, I thought, was, was phenomenal in this game. He really kind of capped off a nice stretch where he was playing really good basketball. And he had 26 points in this game, and it was really, really good. Really strong. And the Knicks won at 117-108. And the key, as it really has been uh, when you play Atlanta, just don't let anybody else beat you if you're going to let Trey Young beat you. That's really what it comes down to. Trey Young is going to get his if you can limit the other options. Nobody else goes nuts. The Hawks are very beatable. They really are. And, and it happened in the postseason last year, and the Hawks were able to get over some games when it was just Trey Young and nobody else. But this has been the problem with Atlanta all season. All season. It's either been they've been without Trey Young and they've just stunk, or just make sure nobody else besides Trey Young goes off. Trey Young was pretty good. I mean, he had 29 points. You know, we did have four turnovers. And he hit some key shots in this game. He's, he's going to do that. He's a, he's a star in this league. But nobody else had more than 17 points. Gallinari had 17, and that was it. Nobody else really contributed. I thought, I thought in, in particular for Atlanta, when the Knicks have struggled with Atlanta, they've normally struggled with John Collins. In the last couple of games, uh, when the Knicks have played Atlanta, John Collins has really been underwhelming. He really has been a, a passenger at times in some of these games. And I thought that was the difference. I really did. You know, I, the Knicks really got a lot from the starters. And uh, and that was a huge key. And, and Evan Fournier, I almost forgot about him, had a couple of key buckets in the third and the fourth quarter of this game. And he had 18 points. So the, all, all five starters in double figures, Quentin Grimes again, just being a factor off the bench when he's called upon, especially on a night when, you know, you expect Emmanuel quickly to, to give you that boost. He really didn't give you anything. So, and neither did Obi Toppin, by the way, Obi Toppin played 11 minutes, didn't take a shot. So someone's got to step up and Quentin Grimes made all three of his field goals. That, that's really impressive from a rookie. So, and Fournier, Fournier had some big ones. Mitchell Robinson had a couple of momentum shifting plays in the game as he tends to do when he gets up close to the rim. So I was impressive. I, I was feeling great, honestly. I felt like the Knicks had turned a corner. It felt like a, a, a season-defining win against a, a seriously desperate Atlanta team that has shown that desperation in the game since where they've, they've won two in a row. Now, will they 
gosh, will they keep it up? I have no idea. This Atlanta team has, to an even greater extent than this Knicks team, has been so inconsistent, even with Trey Young in the lineup. You don't know what's what you're going to get. But you can't count the Hawks out. This was a big win, I thought, um, to kind of keep the, the Hawks within, or I should say, uh, at arm's length. Huge. But then the Knicks give two games back. And we'll get to we'll get to those in a second. You know, very disappointing from from the Knicks after that this week. Extremely, extremely disappointing. You know, I thought the guys on our site, we have multiple writers on, on postingandtoasting.com. I thought they summed this up really well. That the Charlotte game, the, the game that followed uh the the win in Atlanta, that the Knicks got outplayed. Simple as that at the garden against the Hornets they were simply outplayed and the Knicks had time in the fourth quarter to make it up they made a little bit of a run and they held Charlotte to 11 fourth quarter points didn't matter the Knicks still lost by 10 and that goes back to the first half where the Knicks were thoroughly outplayed they really were I think the Knicks were down what 17 16 I think they were down 16 at the half and we're run off the floor. We're absolutely run off the floor. It was embarrassing in the first half. It really was. And the Knicks uh, offensively, I mean, abysmal at times in this game. Abysmal. You know, Randall, I thought, did it did enough to get, you know, he, he did his, his bit. He had 18 and 10 but was inefficient from the field. You know, R.J. Barrett, I, th- I thought had a solid night, but he had six turnovers, despite having a double-double and five assists. Six turnovers. It, it really was a rough game to watch. I mean, Fournier had a, had a wide-open dunk and clanked it, totally missed it. You know, and what was really frustrating is the bench picked you up, right? I mean, Fournier and Burks combined for 12 points, but quickly and Toppin finally gave you some life off the bench. And along with Grimes, there was enough there to, to kind of stem the tide, but it was too little too late. Knicks had dug themselves too deep of a hole. It was really poor to watch. It was a tough game. To take in 28 points from those three guys by the way that should be enough to win a game in the nba you're getting that much from the bench and the Knicks starters who played so well in atlanta just looked like they were asleep against charlotte they really did they really did and to let miles bridges go off for a career high 38 i mean that's stuff that you're gonna if you're tom thibodeau you're gonna be tossing and turning in your bed over no shot that Miles Bridges should be putting up 38 points. No shot. Rozier, he's going to get his. He had 22. Gordon Hayward was was solid. He had 16 points. But it, it was the Miles Bridges performance that killed the Knicks. Nobody else, by the way, for Charlotte was a factor. Nobody. But Miles Bridges had a once-in-a-lifetime game. And that's on the defense. You can't let a guy like that make five of nine from three. A guy that that just doesn't do that well from three-point land. He's always struggled with it, 
even in college. Now, he's, he's good. It's not that good. Five of nine? It's not good enough. Not good enough. That this was a really, in my opinion, damaging loss. Because again, you're at home. This is, this is an important home stretch that the Knicks are in right now. Really important, crucial to the season because you've got a huge bunch of road games coming up in February. And you don't know how the Knicks are going to do. You just don't know. That's why you got to win your home games, especially now. And the Knicks, frankly, just threw this one away. They just didn't even show up. Really frustrating. I, I think anybody that was at the Garden that night would be well worth asking for a refund. My goodness. That first half alone was absolutely brutal to watch. Against a Charlotte team that, frankly, is average. They're an average team. They're, they're not a good team. They're okay. But they're not great. And LaMelo Ball, by the way, didn't even play. Coach's decision. You weren't even getting the best of Charlotte. When they're at their peak. A guy a guy that's averaging 19, 7, and 7 is not in there. And you still get run off the whole, your home floor. I mean, just disgraceful. It really was. And for a team that, that has playoff aspirations, it, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable to have a result like that. It really is. And, and honestly, I, I missed the, the, the Timberwolves game. I had to watch the highlights back. You know? And they had a, just as bad of a first half against Minnesota. An even more mediocre team. The Knicks were just as bad in the first half. They really were. They were awful at times. Especially in the first quarter. I, you just didn't know where the offense was going to come from. And then... They explode in the third. They have a great third quarter. And they outscored Minnesota by 15 points. You're thinking, all right, let's 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 see, let's wrap it up. Let's win the game. And the Knicks lose an absolute heartbreaker. 112 to 110. Carl Anthony Towns makes a huge play late. And Alec Burks misses the three at the buzzer. And that's it. Game over. And listen, Carl Anthony Towns is a phenomenal player. He's a really good player. He he had a an honestly an off night. Wasn't that great? He had twenty points, six to twelve. It's okay, you know, for him. That's not not out of this world. But Anthony Edwards had twenty one. And the bench for Minnesota, really the bench, I thought for the the Timberwolves was a huge factor in this game. Was it Jalen Noel had fourteen? Uh, off the bench, Malik Beasley had double figures, and uh, and Naz Reed chipped in as well, along with Jaden McDaniels. He had four guys, you know, hovering around the double digit mark off the bench, and uh, that that was really what supplemented pretty you know mediocre performances from the starters. You know, Russell and Towns, along with Edwards, you know, didn't exactly blow the doors off the place. You know, but again, it was just, again, the Knicks had a chance going into the fourth to put Minnesota away 
and they didn't do it. They let him hang around. And Carl Anthony Towns makes that really tough shot over Julius Randle, gets fouled. And that was that. Knicks couldn't get a bucket on the other end, and they dropped to a game below 500 after two gut wrenching losses. One just for really poor play in, in one in one half of basketball, and then another for recovering from a really poor half and then letting it slip in the fourth. And honestly, throwing away, you know, one of the better performances of the season, I thought, from Evan Fournier, who I thought was tremendous. 27 points, 5 of 10 from deep, a a Fournier game where you'd expect to win. That's how well he played, you know. Uh, Despite some turnover issues from Barrett again, he had seven turnovers in this game. Awful at times with the basketball in his hands, and... You know, he still had 17, but on 16 shots, it's just not good enough. And then, you know, again, Julius Randle doing his part, but just poor late-game execution again haunts the Knicks after you had such a good third quarter. A a third quarter where you'd expect at home to carry the momentum and finish the game off. And the Knicks did the exact opposite. Exact opposite. (laughs) in the fourth and and listen you know you can't let it come down to a star making a play sometimes because he's going to make them this is the nba great players are going to make winning plays knicks had the, the their foot on the throat of the timberwolves and minnesota climbed back into it and they won the game it's as simple as that it's more gut-wrenching because the knicks the knicks had it in their hands but both of the losses for two very different reasons, but regardless, are absolutely rip your heart out stuff. Really, really difficult losses to take for a Knicks team that, in my opinion, should expect to win both of those games. On your home floor, you should expect to win. And the Knicks are now in last place in the Atlantic. They're still right there, but the Knicks have got to make a decision here on the roster. They've got to do something because this is what it's going to be the rest of the way. You know, that the Knicks are not going to catch Philadelphia. Let's be very honest about that. They should be able to catch Boston and Toronto and pass both of them up. They're a half game back and they should be able to do that. But I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the Knicks, you know, eking into the play-in or getting into the playoffs. They should be able to do that with this team. This Knicks team should be taking the next step, winning in the playoffs. And frankly, I don't think this team, as it's currently constructed, even with the addition of Cam Reddish, can do that. I don't think it's possible. They're too inconsistent. And they're too inconsistent, frankly, on their home floor where they get great crowds every night that love this team and you've got a game against charlotte where they're not putting in the effort it's not good enough i get it it's a long season but you don't see you you don't throw a home game away you don't do it road games i've seen the knicks throw away i've seen other teams throw away road games You don't throw away a home game. You don't do it against a playoff contender. 
team that's ahead of you in your own damn conference that threw the game away. Didn't show up. And then against a Minnesota team that's just as mediocre as the Charlotte Hornets are, you had a lead in the third quarter, you're feeling good, you had momentum going into the fourth, and you throw that game away with bad late game execution. Oh, it's just so, so difficult because the Knicks had just won three really impressive games in a row. They took care of business against San Antonio. They ripped apart Dallas at the Garden. And then they go to Atlanta and silence the Hawks again, only to come back home and do this. Extremely, extremely disappointing. There's no other way to put it. And that's why we got to talk more about what the Knicks can do before the trade deadline. It's good timing because we got to take a break. I need one. I think we all need one. When we come back, the latest on De'Aaron Fox and what the Knicks can do to improve this team and take the next step. All that more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I should have probably finished the first half of the show by saying this, but I'll say it now. As always, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You know, I just went on, I just went on a 20 minute tirade over the, the last two games. Again, we won't talk Pelicans at the garden this week. Uh, we'll talk about that game next week. Just not good enough timing as far as when the game is happening. uh, And as far as when I have to record and when I have to do other things as far as work and and, and just in general, you know, things to do. So we'll talk about the Pelicans game and, and the other games uh, between podcasts next week. But I'm furious. I think I've made that quite clear. I, the Knicks, Knicks fans, Knicks players, Knicks coaches, and the Knicks organization cannot stand for what's happened the last two nights at the Garden. They can't. Not if you want to get better. You can't stand for that. And the next step for this team is to get a point guard. Frankly, I mean, they haven't had one for, what, how long do you want to go back? Decades. At least a decade. At least a decade, bare minimum, if not further. Even when the Knicks were good under Mike Woodson, they really didn't have a point guard. They just didn't. You know, Raymond Felton doesn't count, (laughs) you know, doesn't count. It, 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 it's a situation the Knicks have never addressed. And then we have this, it, it leads me into the, to, to the latest here about De'Aaron Fox, which has just been a weird roller coaster, to, to be quite honest with you, just over the last 24 hours as, as to what's happening with this current situation. I follow Alan Hahn on Twitter. A guy does a great job um, covering the Knicks for MSG uh, pre and post game. Um, on MSG Networks, one of the best, and uh, I believe has a radio show uh, as well. Um, he re- First thing he retweeted that got me on the radar of this was that the, the Kings are pursuing DeMontis Sabonis and are willing to include De'Aaron Fox in a trade. And that is, um, originally that was tweeted by Bleach Report, but I believe that, it, that was the, pardon me, 
The source, or I should say the, the person who broke the news, was Jason Anderson, who covers the Sacramento Kings uh, at the Sacramento Bee. And um, is, you know, someone that's going to have, you know, a boots on the ground guy around the Sacramento Kings. And Alan Hahn's retweet, um, I'm not going to quote it because he curses in the retweet, but it was my, it was my uh, thoughts exactly. If this happens, I'm going to lose my bleep. That's what I thought. How do you let the the Pacers get in on this? You know, a, a team that's out of it. Knicks have got to be getting in on this, right? So this was this gets tweeted out. The, the, the um, Bleach Report, you know, credits Jason Anderson with this tweet um, right around two o'clock on Wednesday. They credit Jason Anderson with that. Not three hours later. Sham says in a tweet, in an article, obviously from The Athletic, that the Kings don't currently plan on trading De'Aaron Fox, and they plan on centering him around second-year guard, sorry, they they plan on centering the team around him and second-year guard Tyrese Halliburton. What the heck's going on there? Holy bleep. That organization is, uh, once again, all over the place regardless of that right i'm just put giving you that for a little bit of context here as to maybe why things are moving slowly here with a potential move and maybe have come to a halt who knows for a potential move uh with De'Aaron fox for all teams but the reason i bring this up is because the knicks have got to act the knicks have got to act and they've got to act now because this is a team that is not going to take the next step as currently constructed. We have enough of a sample size now I feel where I feel comfortable saying that. You know, I mean, that that's where I'm at. I don't think that this team is good enough to make a run in the NBA playoffs. I think they're good enough to get in. I think they will get in. You know, whether it's through the play-in or in the sixth spot, five spot maybe at best... But I don't think this team is good enough to win a playoff series or two. I don't. They'd have to get a good matchup. And still, they're inconsistent. It, it, it's tough. to to. The way I'm trying to say it is basically, it's hard for me to see the Knicks improving on last year's playoff performance. It's very difficult for me to see that happening. But the Knicks have time. They've already added Cam Reddish, who we've yet to see yet. Sounds like he might be dealing with an issue at the moment, dealing with an injury. But Tom Thibodeau says he's, you know, he's he's he said the other day he's pretty close um, to playing, but he's not ready yet. So we have to wait and see what Cam Reddish is going to look like with his former Duke teammate R.J. Barrett and the rest of the Knicks. I'm very curious because he he's a guy that could really add a boost to this team, but it's not enough. It's not enough. The Knicks still need a point guard. And they have to really go after it hard. If they want De'Aaron Fox, go after De'Aaron Fox. At all costs. Get him. Go and get him. I mean, Mark Berman of the New York Post has reported recently that 
the Knicks, quote-unquote, really want bad Jalen Brunson, for example. They really want him. Because they think he can fit everything they need, and he might be cheaper. Okay, then get him. This is a, this has to be an all-or-nothing push. The Knicks have to get a point guard. That's the bottom line. If you take anything from this podcast this week, the Knicks have to get one. They need a point guard. If they don't get it, it if they don't get one, oh my God, it's unacceptable. You start to really wonder what's going on. Because, listen, if you look at the reports, it's very clear the Knicks know they need one. So don't hold back. Get one. Enough is enough. It's very clear the Knicks need one. So get it done. The Knicks also need shot creation as well. That was the whole reason they brought in Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. But they've been inconsistent. Cam Reddish partly answers that problem, potentially. But see what else you can get. We'll have to see. We'll really have to see what happens. But those are the two biggest things. The Knicks need scoring and they need a point guard. They need a damn point guard. I mean, I, I I thought about listing who the Knicks point guards have been for the last 15 years. And I just thought, you know what? I don't need to put anybody through that. I don't need to put myself through that. It's not needed, you know? But this is a situation where you have two legitimate and affordable options out there. In Jalen Brunson, and maybe somebody had to spend a little bit more for in De'Aaron Fox, but one that's got massive upside. Massive. A guy that answers both of those questions. What are the Knicks going to do to need to get more scoring? And what are the Knicks going to do to get a point guard? De'Aaron Fox answers both questions. And De'Aaron Fox makes the Knicks a real contender in the Eastern Conference. You know, for me, Jalen Brunson, again, you worry about affordability and and things like that. Apparently the Knicks, again, they really, really want him. He makes the Knicks a a contender in the playoffs, but De'Aaron Fox makes you a legitimate challenger. A, A team that could pull off a couple of upsets in the playoffs. That's the difference. So if you're asking me, what do I think the Knicks should do, as so, as many have this week? Via text, I actually had a couple of emails asking about the Knicks this week. And tweets. What, what should the Knicks do? I think it's very clear. This is an easy question. The answer is simple. Get De'Aaron Fox 
and try everything you possibly can to get them. I'm not saying break the bank, but I'm saying make the Kings a compelling offer. One that is extremely hard to turn down. Because you've already added Cam Reddish. And listen, the Knicks are probably rolling over laughing about how they got the Cam Reddish deal done. They gave up basically nothing for him. Basically nothing. Kevin Knox was never going to be a part of the future of the New York Knicks when Tom Thibodeau got there. It was very clear that any chance Kevin Knox had of making it with the Knicks was done when Tom Thibodeau walked through the door. It was very clear. And you get arguably a better player who's the same age back. It's a huge steal. It really is. A big time upgrade that makes the Knicks deeper, more dynamic scoring the ball, and a little longer as well. But now, you go for the kill. You go for the big one now. This is a team that needs to take a step forward. And right now, they've taken a slight step back. They have. It's very clear. The Knicks, Remember, the Knicks finished in fourth last season. They're not getting a fourth right now. It doesn't look like it. It's not happening. But the trade deadline could totally change the fortunes of this Knicks season. Can totally change it. Now, let's be fair. Knicks are five games back of fourth, but the Bucs are that team that's in fourth. The Knicks are not catching the Bucs. I think it's very clear. That's not happening. But the Knicks could still catch the Raptors, Celtics, Wizards, and despite this loss, the Hornets. They're only three games back, even after the loss. They're four and a half back of the, of the Cavs, who are still very catchable. I'm not convinced the Cavs are going to continue this. I'm not. They're, they're a good young team. They've got a lot of promise. But if the Knicks make some moves, they're, they're, they're going to be ahead of Cleveland. It's going to come down to the Knicks taking a big swing at it here. They need a Babe Ruth, Louisville slugger hack at the trade deadline. They need to take a huge cut. And go after the big fish in the position of need that has been so needy for decades. For decades. The Knicks have got to finally address this situation. Now, the question comes down to whether or not they're going to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Tough part. The tough part, you know, from my position here is I don't know what the Kings want. I don't know what they're asking for. And the other thing is, one minute, literally, on what twelve noon Eastern on a on a Wednesday afternoon Eastern Standard Time, the Kings are going to potentially include them in a deal to Indiana, and then hours later, they now he's part of our future. We're not trading him. They clearly want to do something but they have a price that they are looking for maybe the knicks don't like the price i don't know but you gotta figure it out if you're the knicks 
I get it. There's, I'm sure there's a couple of players that they might be potentially asking for that the Knicks are like, go to hell. We're keeping these guys. But surely the Knicks can work it out. I, I, it's, I'm, the reason I'm saying it like that is because this is a potential difference maker this season and over the next five Knicks seasons here. This is what we're talking about. The next five years of Knicks basketball could look very different in a positive manner if De'Aaron Fox ends up becoming a Nick. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's one of those things where, again, it's going to look really bad if we get to the end of the trade deadline and the Knicks haven't made a big move for a point guard in particular. That's that's where we're standing right now. Because if the Knicks don't take a big swing, I, I don't know where they're going to end up this season. I really don't. Now, now, to be fair, you can look at the offseason and think, well, then that's where the Knicks can reshuffle. But the Knicks need to make a push now. See, the season is in the balance. I know the Knicks are, again, they're, they're going to tip off in a little bit against the Pelicans. We'll talk about that game next week. Regardless if the Knicks bounce back with a win tonight or not at the time of recording, you'll know the result of the game, obviously, when you listen to this. Regardless of what happens, the Knicks still need to make this move. I firmly believe that. Because if not now... When? I don't know if the Knicks during the offseason could make it work. But I know that this season, the Knicks need a jolt. They need a boost. And why not get somebody that could be a cornerstone of this franchise for five to seven years? Who's going to be a point guard who can score the rock as well as anybody and is just a roadrunner on the court. He makes the... De'Aaron Fox is just just totally changes what the Knicks are capable of. Totally changes how the Knicks are looked at by other contenders in the East. Game-changing talent who's still really, really young and, and addresses everything that the Knicks need to address. So that that's where I stand. That's where I stand. Again, I... I I'm very curious what you guys think. Very curious where you stand on, on this whole situation. At SJ7 on Twitter is the best place to go, or you can go to postingandtoasting.com, Shock Jacques Nick's podcast, and hit me up in the comments section as some of you tend to do week in and week out. Guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. That's all I got. I got two. Two roughly 20-minute rants uh, sandwich in the show this week. Um, normal schedule, you know, for the rest of the month, obviously. No holidays uh, in the way, which has been nice, I must say. So, uh, first and foremost, hope you're all staying healthy. Hope you all are doing well out there as we continue to fight COVID, as we continue to hopefully watch um, things get back to normal. I, I don't know how many times I'm broken record with that. We've said that so many times COVID continues to impact the NBA and sports in general, 
But uh, I really hope you guys are all doing well. Everybody out there that's listening to the podcast, hope you're all doing as well as you can be um, during this time. I do want to say, you know, I haven't been on Clubhouse a lot lately just due to other work and other obligations and, and things, you know, personally uh, that have been going on over the last few weeks. So I've not been able uh, to do it as much, but I still appreciate if you would go there and follow the NBA fan club or myself, Sean St. Jacques on clubhouse as well hoping to get back to that sooner rather than later but in the meantime i'm enjoying as much as i as i ever have uh putting out these podcasts for you guys week in and week out i love the interaction i get from you guys from friends who are knicks fans from fans of the nba in general so keep them coming keep the comments coming the feedback on the show and also your thoughts on the knicks and the NBA as a whole. Lot lot to get to going forward. So I'm excited for the future episodes of the podcast. But obviously we wait to see what the Knicks do uh, this week. As far as the games on the court. But also at the NBA trade deadline as well. Let me know your thoughts on the current state of the Knicks. And the NBA trade deadline. And what you think the Knicks should do as well. Thank you as always for listening to the podcast. That's going to do it for this week's episode and i will see you guys next time on the shock shock nicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network